Welcome to the New Books Network. This is the Nordic Asia Podcast. Welcome to Nordic Asia Podcast, a collaboration sharing expertise on Asia across the Nordic region. My name is Julie Yuwen Chen, Professor of Chinese Studies at University of Helsinki, Finland. Join me today to talk about bubble tea is Stella Zhang, a doctoral student at the Faculty of Social Sciences at the University of Helsinki, Finland. Bubble tea, also known as pearl milk tea or boba or tapioca milk tea, is a popular drink in Asia. Wherever there is Asian diaspora, such as in the USA, one can find bubble tea as well. Bubble tea is also becoming increasingly visible even in European countries where there are relatively smaller Asian communities. One can find various versions of bubble tea in urban cities, such as in Helsinki, in Vienna, and in London. So I happen to know Stella Zhang from my own university. She has been doing research on bubble tea, and more generally, she's very interested in the issue of the globalization of food, East Asian migration, and youth culture. I'm very delighted that Stella is willing to come to North Asia podcast today and share with us her research and her observation. Stella, welcome. I wonder if you could say a few words about yourself to begin with. Yes, thank you, Julie. I'm Stella, and uh, now I'm uh, studying the University of Helsinki in the sociology and the social science faculty. I'm uh, uh, doing the research uh, about the bubble tea from the 2019 to now, and uh, finish one of the master based on that. And now I continue doing the research on the bubble tea in the Finland, especially in the Usima area. And I found it's very interesting to do the field work in Finland, as the bubble tea just happened from the after the 2020 here. Uh, let's say like before the 2020, there's uh, no any bubble tea shop in the Usima area. But now they got uh, around the 15 to 16 uh, brand uh, like around the uh, whole Usima area. Before we talk about something serious, maybe I can just add something more personal. So yeah. do you like to drink bubble tea? Yes, I, I'm a very big fan of the bubble tea when I was young. I drink my first bubble tea like around 10 or 9. And back that time, the bubble tea is still very cheap beverage like you can find everywhere in China. And you always get it after the school. And it's made by the powder and also different sweetness. But now bubble tea is getting more and more professional and fresh and even get more healthy. And I drink that bubble tea like two times a week nowadays although it's quite hard for me to get the bubble tea like in the Helsinki because I live a bit a rural area but once I go to the school and I can find it like around my university so you're talking about the bubble tea in Helsinki. I also have uh, several experiences. I think it's quite expensive, the bubble tea here in Finland. Why do you think bubble tea is becoming visible and even popular in different parts of the world? I think they got uh, a lot of uh, different uh, contributors here. But uh, first of all, we need to send to the Asian migrations because of them, they bring the bubble tea to the everywhere of the world. Then the bubble tea at the first be the hidden menu in the Asian restaurant. Then they turns to the bubble tea shops. And now it's get global brand and the people's join them to open the branch of the uh, of the global brand in the everywhere and also set to the social media because a lot of influencers like uh, take the selfie or introduce the bubble tea shops in the social media which affect uh, a lot of kids who don't have the 
Asian background who don't know the bubble tea from their original life. They know, uh, oh, they got the, this type of the beverage and they want to try it. And because of that, they go to find the bubble tea nearby their area or living area or living nearby their school. My younger students, Finnish students here, they have told me they have enjoyed bubble tea. And I think you mentioned that 2020, was it correct that you said the, there started to be like bubble tea shops? Even before 2020, there were some smaller bubble tea shops in Helsinki. But somehow most of them didn't manage to sustain very long. Young people tend to be the kind of uh, consumers. But otherwise, I think it's difficult to attract the major population. And after all, Finland is a small country. At least that's my experience. And my another question to you would be, what motivates you to study bubble tea consumption? I didn't think about that until one of my friends, uh, she's from Japan, and she visited me in Shanghai and told me like uh, she the only uh, things she, she wants to do in the China is she wants to find more bubble tea to drink. I asked like how and why you know the bubble tea and uh, is like the Japanese uh, kids like, like the bubble tea that much as the what my friends like that. And uh, she said, yes, like even uh, back to the 2019, there's were a saying online in Japan, they want to build a amusement park for the bubble tea. Uh, in the Japan. That's actually amazed me. And let me to think why the peoples outside of the uh, China like uh, know the bubble tea and how they know it. Then I do the, some research about that and I see it's a huge bubble tea consumption outside of China, even outside of Asia, especially in the North America. Uh, it's also benefit from the second generations of the East Asian migrants there. Uh, they target bubble tea as their own culture and uh, like identity. Is there any particular theory that you use when you study bubble tea? My research is in the cross of the generation study, migration study, uh, globalizations, and the youth culture, and even with the entrepreneurship and the consumption. But my two main strain theory is now is more focused on the globalizations and the consumptions. That I more take the perspective from the cosmopolitan and the post-modernism uh, uh, to criticize about the bubble tea phenomenon and bubble tea consumption. Can you say a bit more about how you criticize? It's getting more and more interesting and uh, and uh, huge about the bubble tea phenomenon nowadays in the global. And you see like uh, the uh, different peoples uh, play a different role to join the consumptions. Uh, for example, my research at the very beginning only focused on uh, why people like the bubble tea, why people uh, want to go to the bubble tea shop. But now it's uh, slightly expanded to why people choose the bubble tea as their career. Why they uh, why people want to join this business? Are they really like the bubble tea, or they just think it's a good chance to make the money? And also, like uh, why the people from the area they never know the bubble tea before, and they never have the bubble tea shop around. Why they can even want to open the bubble tea shops like in in that area? I take an example here. One of my interviews, she from Istanbul. Uh, three years ago in Istanbul, they don't have any bubble tea shop. First time of she to try the bubble tea is in the London when she studied there. And uh, uh, she finally know the bubble tea because her 
friends and also her connections. And uh, w- once she go back to the home to have the holiday in the Istanbul, she find that they got some shops made a uh, label like they are say, selling the bubble tea. And she was so excited because she thinks she finally can find something she like also in the uh, hometown. She tried it, but she did super disappointed. It's only with the bubble tea thing, but it's totally not the bubble tea at all. And uh, she was confused like why people uh, want to use the bubble tea as the branding for uh, for themselves or as a selling point here, but uh, they are not really want to make the authentic bubble tea. Uh, but that's uh, some things like confused her, but interesting me. For me, I think it's a good phenomenon to see how people use the popular world and in the global to selling uh, uh, something or attract the customer. And uh, obviously, the bubble tea is now turning to a very big popular world in the youth culture. But what you just described to me actually raises several very interesting questions. First question is, what is the authentic bubble tea? Well, that's a very tricky question uh, because uh, not like uh, wine, coffee, or other beverage because they have the uh, so long history. And also the, all the theory and the practice, they are trying to build a system, a knowledge system there. But for the bubble tea, it's still uh, in a very vague and uh, mass. Sorry, I use mass. To describe it because everyone uh, exists they are using the more authentic way to pr- represent the bubble tea culture of a bubble tea beverage and also like even for the origin of the bubble tea it's uh, still in a battle like they got the two tea house like one is named Chun Shui Tang another named the Hanlin Tea House both of them uh, are argue like for a long time they are uh, exist they are the first one to introduce the bubble tea to the world so in that case it's hard to say like we are making the uh, authentic one or most authentic one but it really depends on what type of the bubble tea you like and then you more believe who is the more authentic one I think one essential thing, though, although one could debate what is inside the tea. Of course, you have tea, otherwise it's not tea, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have milk tea spaces. But of course, I think one thing very unique about this uh, special drink is there is this tapioca. Like yeah. this very special pearl. At least in my experience, I noticed in at least in Finland, not sure about other European cities, sometimes they actually do not use tapioca. I also observed that like tapioca is not for everyone. I heard some of the story like that, like back to the 1980s, even more, much earlier, the tapioca be made as a dessert for the students, and uh, it's for the there's afternoon dessert, and but it tastes uh, as a disaster. But also for the case I I told you before, as uh, for the. Uh, for the girl who from Istanbul. She never tried the tapioca in her life. The first time she tried tapioca is from the bubble tea. And she described it as uh, the frog eggs because it's very chewy and the texture is uh, very sticky. She feels it very disgusting like at the very beginning. Then she noticed that, oh, you can replace it with some popping balls. So then that's the moment she loved the uh, bubble tea. But for the most of the Asian country, we get the tapioca very early. And we know the tapioca from our daily life. We maybe don't have the, a big gap to fall in love with tapioca in the bubble tea. Yeah, I think tapioca is widely used in Asia, even Southeast Asia, but perhaps yeah. not familiar to other parts of the world. Again, you know, coming back, you were you were interviewee in Istanbul. You know, because in Turkey they have such a rich tea drinking culture as well. Why there's a need to try the bubble tea from the Far East? 
Yeah, well, I think like she didn't even want to try the bubble tea until she be to the UK to study. Although uh, UK also a big group to have the tea drinking culture, also because of their tea uh, habits, have the tea with the milk all the time. So it's easy for the people who live in the Brit uh, Britain or get the British culture very well to accept the bubble tea. But for her, she also feel very weird to add the milk into the, her tea because uh, the tea in Istanbul is more like pure tea, like pure black tea. She is like one of the case I found very interesting in is uh in the far Middle East. That also is uh also it's very fun to find some cases in the Finland because uh Finland you know it's more big culture of the coffee. They don't really drink tea in their their lives, and that's only a, a niche group of, of the people who are for the tea in their daily life. Somehow the bubble tea here is getting huge and popular. And also, like uh, even some of the kids I interviewed, they said the bubble tea is maybe the first tea of the, their life that they want to drink and that they are accepted because it's not the bitter as the, their normal tea. And I think can definitely make it very sweet if you add more sugar in it. Another thing about this tapioca is, uh, of course, there are different sizes. I think there are different versions. Some are bigger and some are smaller. But I want to go back to why you say the substitute of tapioca. In your study, what are the general substitutes? Shop owner will uh, recommend you the poppy boss. The sweetness, like a fruity poppy boss, and with a different taste, like a lychee or a passion fruit, or like even the coffee popping balls or the coconut jelly and uh, all these textures is more uh, acceptable to the wider customer they are more crunchy and uh, also have the juice inside and easily to please the younger customer especially for the people who never tried the tapioca before what else have you found in your research so far, I uh, finished uh, one year of my field work in two bubble tea shops, interviewed the most of the bubble tea owner in the Usima area, and uh, also interviewed some of the, their employees and uh, trying to get more deeper with the customer of the bubble tea shops. Uh, so, so far, what I found based on these is like uh, bubble tea is uh, not only a beverage, but also a lifestyle, not only for the customer, uh, but also for the people who own the uh, bubble tea shop. They choose that as a career, and also that there's a survival living strategy in the Finland. But also for the customer side, they choose bubble tea is somehow they are trying to be more, getting be more international and to connect with the international influence. The owners, are they mostly Finnish or Asian immigrants? For most of the owners have the migrant background, I guess I should say that, because uh, uh, some of them are the second generations of the uh, Vietnamese migrants, but they born here and they grow here. They have the identity issues. I found like they are hard to say I'm Finnish or I'm Vietnamese. Are, uh, from the surface identity, they are Vietnamese, but for the inside, they are totally uh, Finnish. Uh, but they also have the connection back to the Vietnam or back to the Asia. So they want to use the bubble tea shop to represent their culture or like to represent their identity in this society. One may see them as some kind of bridge since if they were born here, they know the local language well. And it's easier, of course, when you serve the customer, you have to communicate well. So I think this is a, a very brilliant idea. But may I ask, where do they get all the facilities and ingredients from? Are they mostly from Asia? 
that's actually a very interesting and important questions I also checked back then like during the, my research some of them they actually buy the ingredients from the Germany because Germany is uh, have the biggest harbor there and uh, import and export a lot of goods and it's uh, easily to uh, get the bubble tea ingredients from Germany than the Finland only two of the brand I know so far they are shipping the ingredients directly from Thai uh, Taiwan or like uh, from uh, the other factories in Asia because they uh, first of all they are the global brand they have some politics to uh, follow for the from the theirs company and they can't really to get the ingredients anywhere or just for the cheaper price. Second, they are follow their recipe from the theirs company. So it's maybe more much easier for them just to use the what their main company give them. It's need to take time for them to wait for the, all the ingredients to ready and then they can continue their business. And also they uh, I get some complaints from them. It's much hard to make the bubble tea business in Finland than in the UK as it's need wait a longer time for the uh, uh, customer office to check uh, check the, all the ingredients because after the last uh, August uh, all the customer rules in Finland uh, uh, slightly changed they need to check each of the bags so it's maybe take like a four or five months for them to waiting for the ingredients but it's hard to guess how much they will sell so in the coming months or coming three months the only way they can do is wait Wow, so this is a bit challenging for running a business here. Yes. Ingredient and it might not arrive on time. And I remember also during the COVID pandemic, there was a period of time, I think there was a, a supply chain disruption, put it that way. Tapioca was not able to be shipped over the world. Do you yes. remember that? <laughs> yes, I remember that. I was shocked because... Uh, in my mind, there's never happening in my real life. And uh, and then I checked the why, uh, why and how it's happened. And it said like because of the supply chains uh, broke and also because during the pandemic, there's not enough uh, for the workers to work in the harbor. So that's why like all the goods is in the sea and in the shipping and the people in the shop can't get that there's a tapioca because of the, all these reasons. Another interesting question that and maybe you can help me understand it is the, how these different companies brand themselves. Do they brand themselves as something just in a very vague way, this is something from Asia, or do they make themselves seem more like Chinese or Japanese or Vietnamese or Thai? I think if you are running a franchise, you you maybe not really worry about what's your strategy it is because it's really uh, depends on what's your main company like uh, identity themselves. And uh, I think at the they got the different ways here. At the very beginning, they are uh, the bubble tea industry or like bubble tea or the bubble tea brand. They are trying to identify them as like more authentic Taiwanese taste or authentic Asian taste. But now they are are more slightly changed because of different uh, like different area or different countries they are located. For example, in the Finland, some of the bubble tea they are target uh they are the taste from the Japan. Fin uh, Finnish people or Finland uh, are more like uh, have the interest on the Japanese. They maybe think it's a good strategy to uh, to label them. They are the taste from Japan, or they are, uh, and also some of them because they are one of the co-founder from the Taiwan. They are 
talking about their uh, all their uh, tastes are coming from the Taiwan. It's very changeable in the different area for them, like to get the different strategy to go into the market. I think overall you can see some kind of localized strategy. So depending on where the country is and the society is, they will have to kind of localize so that the consumers in that place can feel like attractive to the product. Am I right? I think you totally understand it right, but it's only for the uh, people who is the owner of the bubble tea. If you are opening a franchise, you don't have that that, that big uh, like space to uh, change your strategy. You may need to deep, uh, deeply connect with your your uh, main company. There is a variety there, you know, in terms of uh, which one offers perhaps a more authentic version, and perhaps some of them offer a more localized version. My last question would be. Well, Stella, can you make bubble tea yourself? And any advice to our listeners how to successfully make bubble tea? I can. I can make bubble tea myself. It's only like in the shops. Like you, I mentioned that I did my field work in the bubble two of the bubble tea shop. That's also the where I be trained to be a bubble tea maker. And also I know how to make bubble tea. But I think without all these tools or like all these powders and uh ingredients, it's hard for me to make bubble. Tea at my home, but if you just want to make a bubble tea for yourself, here's the, my tips. First, cook the tapioca for the enough time. That's one of the things I found from my homemade bubble tea and in the shops. They always cook much uh, longer than the uh, what they suggest, and it's make the uh, the tapioca more chewy. But for for us, we maybe usually just buy the, these five minutes uh, cook ready uh, uh, tapioca. It's eatable, but it tastes not good at all. So cook maybe a bit longer and uh, rinse them and to make uh make it not that sticky. Then that's maybe taste better. And also for the tea base or the for the or the other beverage, my suggestion is put enough uh, sugar. Sometimes it's when you taste not that good, only because it's not、uh, sweet enough. So about the cooking the tapioca, well, I have my own experience and I fail nearly every time. I think it's about the time how long it should be, and it always get too sticky. Yeah, I also got that experience when I cook it at home. I think it's also because、uh, the pack of the、uh, tapioca we bought is a bit different than the what they got in from the shop or store, and uh, uh, most of the tapioca. We bought from the Asian supermarket here. It's this fast cooked tapioca.、Uh, I don't really think I can make good the bubble tea based on that because I also failed a lot of times. Like when I make it at home, and it tastes just a bit weird. Like they had this super sweet inside and very hard、uh, to chew. And、uh, also, the outside is too soft. Well, thank you very much, Stella, for sharing your insights with us. You have been listening to the Northeast Asia podcast with me, Julie Yuan Chen, and Stella Zhang at the University of Helsinki, Finland. You have been listening to the Northeast Asia podcast. <laughs>